0: RadioInfluence.com
1: You are sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio
2: Influence. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of City Ringside. My name is David Penzer, and as always, we are so happy that you are here a day late, not a dollar short. To listen to this thing we call a podcast. I do apologize, but I promise it is worth the wait. What an interview and discussion and chat we have with uh, Tracy Brooks, one of the nicest uh, women uh, in professional wrestling. you know that I, I say that a lot. That's a cliche. You know, this guy's the nicest person. The nicest. There's a lot of nice people in this business. There's a lot of not nice people in this business. Uh, but, but, but uh, as I as as we talk about, uh, Tracy uh, was always super friendly. Great attitude, smile on her face, uh, and I think you'll see that, uh, hear that in the uh, conversation that we have for about an hour that we're about to throw to. Uh, but we, we are a day late. We do apologize. want to thank Spectrum for my Wi-Fi issues that still are not fully resolved. And I was in Savannah, Georgia uh, on a pre-planned vacation. It was a, one of my wife's Christmas presents. And I won't say much about Savannah. Beautiful city. It was a little cold and rainy. Uh, but uh, we're going to go back for sure. But if you want the best fried chicken that I've ever had, and, and think about all the places that I've been. Dothan, Alabama. All these little, small, little uh, you know towns in Louisiana and Alabama and Tennessee, Memphis, Tennessee, and and all these little places that that me and Pee Wee Anderson and Arn used to go to that were holes in the walls, but they knew because the, the you know people, the wrestlers would tell you, you know. Tell tell people, you know, about it through the years. You know, hey, in this town, go to this place. In this town, go to this place. I had some pretty damn good food and some pretty darn good fried chicken. This is by far the best fried chicken I ever had. The old pink house. It ain't cheap fried chicken, but it ain't K- KFC. Actually, I thought the best fried chicken I ever had, and people in Florida will, will get this. The best fried chicken I ever had until then was actually Publix fried chicken. Which sounds crazy because it's a supermarket, but Publix fried chicken is absolutely amazing. But um, yeah, went off my diet, had some good fried chicken, had some duck, had some pizza, and now it's back to the diet it goes. Uh, but we had such a fun time talking to Tracy and such an interesting conversation. So uh, I'm not going to bore you anymore with uh, with with Publix and 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 Savannah and fried chicken. I'm going to toss you now to one of the nicest uh knockouts in the history of tna please welcome my guest this week tracy brooks (laughs) ladies and gentlemen this week on city ringside one of the nicest friendliest women in professional wrestling former tna knockout tracy brooks tracy welcome to city ringside been wanting to talk to you for a while how are you
0: I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. And thank you for that nice introduction.
2: You are. I hope
0: everyone feels that way.
2: No, you're, you're, you've you've always had it. Kind of remind me, not as far as any, as your personality or anything, but your demeanor, you kind of remind me of SoCal Val. Always had a smile on your face, always cheerful. And, and, uh, and that's kind of hard sometimes in the wrestling business, especially with TNA. Well,
0: I'll take that. I'll take that as a compliment. Val's awesome.
2: Yeah. Anyway, um, so I've been uh, doing a little digging into uh, your background for research for this interview. Tell me about growing up on a pig and chicken farm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I uh, grew up on a pig and chicken farm. Mm-hmm. About population 5,000 people. And, you know, it gave me a great work ethic. You had to work. It didn't matter if you were sick, hungover, whatever. You had to go work. If you didn't work, things died. <laughs> You had to go to work. You had to feed the animals. You had to go on the farm. So I think that's where I got my work ethic. I wish um, all kids could be raised on a farm to have that. It's just you had to show up every day. didn't matter what happened. You had to be there.
2: Isn't that sort of, I I get what you're saying, but isn't that sort of the end result anyway, that the things die and then you sell them?
0: Well, yes. (laughs) Yes, we did take some pigs to slaughter but i mean you had to show up every day you had to, you know. Know, it didn't matter how tired you were or if you were injured or sick or you had to be there at whatever time in the morning to feed the pigs and christmas you had to go out there and it didn't matter it was just something you had to show up and you had to be in the field when it was night. so you just had to be there
2: i totally get Kind of like
0: wrestling you just have to um my dad actually said this the other day being a spouse or family member of a farmer is almost like a wrestler because say your kid had a recital or a major baseball game and it was nice out you know you had to be on the farm and the same thing with wrestling you know it doesn't matter if your kid has an award an award ceremony sometimes you have to be at work
2: sure absolutely i totally get it and i was just i was just uh uh, messing with you, I I totally get what you're saying. Give me an average day in the life of Tracy Brookshaw uh, when you lived on the pig farm. What's that? What was an average day? What time did you wake up? What were your chores? Oh my goodness!
0: Uh, early, super early. You had to go out and feed the pigs, and we had um, about ten thousand layers chickens, so we had to go out and pick um, eggs in the morning and at night. My dad fed the chickens um, and the pigs. You had to feed them twice a day. Um, you go to school, you go to, and then if you – we are very, very fortunate enough. We had a great childhood. We got to play sports and travel, and we got a lot of – you worked hard, and you played hard. Like in the wintertime, we snowmobiled, and, and my dad had an ice rink on, <clears throat> on the farm. So it, we had a great childhood, but we worked. You had to get the work done. So it didn't matter if you were picking stones all day Saturday. Then you had a baseball tournament. You had to get the stones picked first, and then you went to the baseball tournament. It was great. Honestly, it was the best childhood. Yeah, yeah. I didn't appreciate it then; I do
2: now. <laughs> yeah, probably. I'm sure, Dad. I have to go out in uh, minus thirty degree weather and and and, yeah. and feed the pigs for for the love of Pete. Uh, is your dad still a farmer, or did he is, is that uh, is he retired? He he has
0: officially retired at seventy five years old. Um, he still lives on the farm. Oh well.
3: Wow. In-
0: officially retired so this is the first year where he is not farming but we still go out. he has a he still has a shop and some tractors and huge property so you still have to go pick up sticks after a windstorm and do the lawn and do the flower beds and i don't think my dad will ever fully be retired but it's still great for our son we get to take him home in the summers and he has to work and it's, it's great
2: i was gonna say that, that i was gonna say that must be cool uh for for the for your son uh,
0: well, especially because he's from Southern, Southern California, he doesn't have that. So he goes home and there's, you know, there's, well, we live in the desert, so there's no grass. So if we go home to Canada and there's acres and acres of grass, you have to cut and pick up stones and pick up sticks and rake. And so it's great.
2: So I'm assuming you were a wrestling fan growing up. Uh, if so, who were some of your favorites? Were you, I'm assuming were you a WWF gal.
0: Yes. Yeah, we didn't have very many channels. So we only got really WWF. Um, obviously, my earliest memory was maybe grade six. I remember watching uh, Saturday main events. And at the time, I despised Elizabeth. What? I was never a girly. Listen, I love her and appreciate her. my whole career. Has her. At the time, I never wore dresses. I was never a girly girl. I was the girl in the overalls and playing sports and So she would drive me nuts because she would just stand there. And I was always like, get in there and pull the guy's hair, kick him in the balls or something. I was, (laughs) you know, why can't she get in there and do what the guys are doing? So later on, I actually realized that she's the reason she played her role so well that she's the reason why I wanted to be here to prove that the women can do what the men can do. But I never got to meet her. That's always one regret. I never, ever got to meet
2: her. She was a nice, she was, she was sort of, I mean, you know, she, she could, she could knock down a, 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 a martini, but uh, she, she was, <laughs> you know, but so she wasn't like as innocent as the character, but she was as nice as, 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 the character was and quiet as the character was. But yeah, she could knock down a martini with the best of them. God bless her. Uh, she just, she was, she was
0: beautiful. She was elegant. She was everything I was not. But it made me want to, like, I'm like, why isn't she getting in there? Why can't she help her die? Like, why is she just crying all the time? And now I realize how incredible and important and how well she played her role. Like, she never gets enough credit, I don't think.
2: No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, she should be in the Hall of Fame. Um She -hmm. she was great. I I was very lucky uh, uh, in WCW to be able to work with her, get to know her a little bit. And, uh, Mm -hmm. and, you know, because I grew up watching, you know, the same thing you were watching. So uh, obviously, you know, both, uh, you know, that was part of our childhood. And to get to know her, she was a a, a sweet Mm -hmm. lady for sure. Um, You go back pretty far. I don't want to age you now, so you don't have to tell me how long. But you You go back pretty far with Gail Kim. Uh, how far, how how far do you guys go back? Like maybe 20 years, 25 years?
0: Gail, Kim and myself have known each other for, like I said, 20 years. Uh, when I started training in Toronto, there was girls that kind of came and came and went and Gail walked in and you just knew she, she got it. She, she's gorgeous. Always has been just stunningly beautiful, athletic, friendly. And I was like, we just clicked. And we're still best friends. Like, we still FaceTime well, sometimes every day. And then, you know, sometimes she gets busy or whatever. But it's been a great relationship. And um, yeah, I just, it, it's never, um, it's always been there. And it, it's because of wrestling. But it's, even when she was in WWE, we still remain close. Um, I think I lived with her a few times. Frankie and I lived with her. Uh, <laughs> she was my maid of honor at her wedding. Oh, wow. So I didn't it, know that. Yeah, so she was my maid of honor, and uh, Christy Hemi and SoCal Val. I had a very, very good-looking wedding party. <laughs> very good-looking.
2: Who was on the other my side? My four brothers.
0: Uh, so Daniels was Frankie's best Figure. man, was our best man, and then AJ and Joe.
2: So well, we had a,
0: a very attractive, talented wedding party. <laughs>
2: there you go. Absolutely.
0: So, yes, yeah. I was fine. The bride, me, I was fine having my bridesmaids shine over me. So.
2: Oh, I'm sure you, they all look stunning I'm sure you look stunning as well um, uh, do you ever sit back I know you, you said that you, you talk to her a lot do you ever sit back and you know have a, a glass of wine with her or something when you guys get to catch up and look at your lives you know 25 years ago both trying to get in the wrestling business both had pretty successful careers now you're both married to uh, uh, you know I'd say quote unquote celebrities uh, and um, uh tv personalities and and living happily ever after it's, it's quite a story actually could be a, like a hallmark movie
0: it, it's funny because you say that and it's yeah but we don't look at it that way we just look at it like they're our husbands and <laughs> it's funny that you say that when you do say that i mean we've overcome a lot of stuff too i mean the fact that even sometimes when you go to a different company you lose touch but we've always been she's my sister like there's no doubt about it she's family. Um, yeah, I guess I've never looked at it that way. I just see Robert as her husband, and she sees Frankie as her. The funny thing is, I think Frankie is a lot like Gail, and Gail is a lot like Frankie. In the ring, in the wrestling world, they are perfectionists. Right. They're never satisfied with their matches and, they, and their workouts and their physical appearance. Like, they always want more and to be the best. So it's funny, I'm always like, God, did I marry Gail? Like, <laughs> Good <laughs> God. Like, like, it's funny how, and Gail used to call Frankie her favorite boy. They're very much alike. And Gail really respects Frankie and his opinion, and, and she'd go to him a lot for advice. I'd tell her something, and then she'd go to Frankie. And if he said the same thing, then she'd believe me. So oh, but it was very, um. yeah, I don't see it as Robert, you know, and she doesn't see it as, I don't know. We, di- we just, hey, you working out? I don't know. We talk about lives, and, and we talk about rent obviously in today's wrestling and stuff, but it's very limited. Uh, it's very small of our conversation. It's just more about life and travel. and.
2: Yeah, yeah. My, my she boy,
0: does get mad at me.
2: Why, why does she get mad at you?
0: Well, because she does. She, I don't like to leave my house. <laughs> I'm happy being home. So she invites me everywhere, offers to pay for me, and she, I never go anywhere. So It's a joke now. If, if someone can get me to actually go to her, she said, I think on Twitter, she'd pay someone a million dollars if they get me to go somewhere.
2: <laughs> I was going to ask you about that later. So you just kind of sort of answered the question, but we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get back to it. But my point wasn't so much about, you know, celebrities and, and, and fortune and fame. My, my point was two girls who had a dream and lived happily ever mm-hmm. after through the ups and downs of the dream. So that, that was more my point. But the, 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 the famous. Yeah, it's
0: funny, though. I don't see it that way. I just. Well, yeah, too small. I mean, especially because we came from Canada a different country to make yeah. it, you know, in the States, because you have visa issues and, tra- you know, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I, I guess I just see Gail and I as Gail, Gail and myself. So I don't really see us as celebrities, but when you put it that way, I'm like, I guess we have come a long way. So, and the fact that we're still in each other's lives.
2: Yeah. Especially in this crazy business for sure. Yes. Hey, um, talking about your wrestling career, you, you, you've mentioned and you've been public about the fact that you have, um, Herbs palsy. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember you telling me about that or reading about that uh, back in the day. But um, just uh, for fans who are familiar, remind them what that is and and the challenges that it gave you as as an athlete.
0: So herbs palsy. My um, I was a very big baby. My mom is a very small woman, um, and they should have given her a C section, but they yanked me out. And when they did, they tore all my triceps. And oh, my... I
2: remember this story now.
0: Yeah. They tore all my ligaments basically in my arm. So I have no tricep, no bicep, and I have no, forget the legit term, the no, uh, and I forget the other one, but I can't turn my hand over and I can't straighten my arm. I didn't know this when I was playing, I played baseball for um, a provincial team in Canada and I was a pitcher and I was left-handed so, and I never realized my arm was a problem until I got into wrestling and I was to do a handstand bump. I kept falling over. Well, I, then I realized, I'm like, oh, there's something real. Like, I mean, physically, you can tell my arm is bent and it's shorter than my left one. But it didn't affect me in everyday life until I got into wrestling. And I, I couldn't do like this handstand bump. They're like, what's wrong with you? Then I realized, I'm like, I got no strength in my right arm. And I can't straighten it or support myself on it. So then I just worked around it. To me, it was never a disability. Sure. The only time I actually realized it was an issue is when I started managing um, Frankie and Matt Bentley. And I went to, you know, I'm in the middle and I go to raise their hand, but my, I call it my gimp arm. My gimp arm doesn't go straight, so it's kind of a big joke to put me in the middle. <laughs> I can't raise both hands. But I always made light of it because my mom, when I was born, I, I couldn't strain it at all, I guess. And my mom is the one. That exercised it and she basically gave me physio. Wow. And she made this sling on top on this sling for me that was attached to my bouncy, whatever I was in. But she's the reason why I can straighten it as much as I can today. So my dad always gives her credit for that. But today, they'd be able to do an operation and fix it right away. Back then, you know, it was, I think my mom was just happy I was alive.
2: For sure. I don't like, know who. Yeah, I I can't imagine who was in worse pain in that instance—you or your mom? My poor mom. <laughs> I feel so bad.
0: But she, yeah, so she, I, she exercised it, and I mean, now today, if this happens, you go and you operate right away. I can have it operated on. My arm would be straight, but it would be shorter. So um, I'm—I always wanted TNA to do a storyline on it because to me, it's a disability, and I over—I overcame it. Sure. But they just never did. <laughs>
2: Well, and that's a good segue, because I was going to ask you about your time in uh, uh, TNA. Uh, uh, what are your, when you look back, what do you look back on fondly, and what do you look back on maybe not so fondly?
0: Very, 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 very appreciative of TNA. TNA introduced me to my husband. We have a beautiful house, and because of that, we have a beautiful son. I'll always credit TNA for my friendships and the fact that I never thought a small-town girl would ever make it onto national television. I mean, we were there from the beginning. Did they do a lot of things wrong? Yes. (laughs) But what company doesn't? Honestly. Um, Were they frustrating at times? Yes. But I, I, honest to God, like, I look back at TNA with fond memories. Like I I look back at TNA and think Frankie Kazarian, Christopher Daniels, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, uh, Bobby Roode, uh, Eric, Eric Young. Um, you know the list goes on and on. All we were all there: Gail, Kim, Christy, Heming, me. We were all there at one time. They had so much talent, yep. and I learned so much from those guys. Like I was very happy there, and my contract—I was not smart, I would say, with contracts. But when my contract was up one time, Scott Demore just said—and I love Scott Demore. Scott Demore just said, "Are you happy?" I was like, "Yeah." So they just gave me another contract, and I never thought of trying to ask wwe i think it was 2000 and i don't know five or six i never even thought to ask if wwe was interested in me because i was always scared i guess and i was happy at tna because i got to do independent shows make great money like it was great and you know i got to make my own schedule and i got to do a lot of outside projects but seeing all that positive stuff there was a lot of frustrating stuff And I guess any company, because you care so much in this business, you care. Like you, you just don't like, Oh, I'm fine with whatever you care in this business. If you're a wrestler and you have made it to a promotion, like a, you've made it in this business, you are passionate. You've made it because you're passionate. Sure. So you're not just settled for, Oh, well, like (laughs) you want the company to do well. You want everyone in the company to do well. And it, it gets a little frustrating, but I have very, 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 very fond memories of that company.
2: Oh, I'm sure you do. I mean, I I you know, I look back at my time with WCW, which everybody knows the WCW story and how how it you yeah. know, how how it peaked and how it uh it it, it shattered. Yeah. And you know, at the time it was uh, very, you know, same you know, very frustrating, especially somebody getting to live their dream and you know, there weren't a lot of places mm-hmm. for ring announcers to go. And then, yeah. you know, but but I, I I find that time heals like the bad stuff and you only remember the good stuff. So, yeah. It's it's, it's interesting. Well, the thing is
0: why me remembering the bad bad stuff isn't going to make it change. (laughs) So, And I'm not a negative person. I'm usually a very positive person, so I try to remember the positive stuff. Like, again, at the end of the day, I was on national television living my dream, met my husband, had a beautiful house, and because of that, have our beautiful son. I couldn't have asked for anything better. Absolutely. Do I Uh, wonder if I could have tried to go to WWE? Maybe I mean I don't. People always. I guess I didn't make it because I, I was never in WWE. That's what people think. But then I think to myself, I made a shitload of money on my own without a big machine behind me. I did it all myself. Like I did Playboy. I went to Iraq twice. I did all the conventions. I got to wrestle and Ricky the you know Ricky Steamboat, who's my all time hero he, um, agent, my match at ring of honor. How many people can say that? Sure. You know, and I did it without the big machine behind me, but then part of me is like, Oh, I guess I didn't make it cause I was never in WWE.
2: I don't know. You know, you go back to the conversation about you and Gail and, and, and where you started and where you ended up. And, and I don't, you know, I know to some people making it as being at WrestleMania or, 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 yeah. you know, something like that. But to me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm older now and, and wiser and, and, uh, I, I, you know, you could wax nostalgic a little bit to me, you know, making it is more about, look, you, 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 you have a, a, a one, a night, a great husband, you have a, a, a little mm-hmm. boy, you have a nice life uh and 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 so, injury free yeah so so who gives a crap if you weren't at wrestlemania if you you know if you if you weren't the you know divas champion or something like uh, you know i i don't know that's just the way i look at it but you know i do understand yeah. i do understand you know in the moment you know of 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 being involved in a career and like you said nobody that is successful uh doesn't care everybody that's successful in this business cares uh-huh. too much um if you I don't if,
0: think there's anyone that is on in this business at at a high level is satisfied with, Eh, who cares? I'm just here for a paycheck. People might say that, but they don't care. They're no, there because they're passion.
2: No, no. If if if, the, if if they're if they don't care, like if they don't care with all their heart, then they're wrestling in front of 20 people for a for a hot dog and a mm-hmm. coke on a Friday night. And hey, that might be cool for some people. That might be cool. Hey, you know, they, you know, all my friends come down and see me at the bar on Friday night, and I'm going to wrestle, and mm-hmm. then I'm going to go back to my regular life on Monday doing what I do. That might be cool. I'm not. I'm not talking down to anybody but um but yeah if you if See, that's you're...
0: the thing is i i lived as a wrestler like i i wrestled four or five days a week on independence and you know it's great because you don't have to pay for travel you don't have to pay for hotel you don't have to pay for car rental it's pay for everything but then i was on tna so it was almost like tna was helping my indie sure. but you make great money on the indies at least back then i did i made great money i don't know about now but there wasn't that many girls either Well, Gail, like, go ahead, go on. I I think, like, I've always been paid pretty well. Like, I remember hearing stories about guys being paid like ten bucks for the first match. I think I was paid fifty for my debut match. That's pretty big. Like, that's you know, I like Frankie's. Like, I think he got paid a ham sandwich. He said one time. Like, and I'm like, oh, I paid fifty bucks. Like, Gail and I, we did. I think fairly well for independent girls. And back then, there wasn't any. There was me, Gail, Beth Phoenix. Natty, uh, but she was on the other coast. Yeah. So, uh, but there wasn't a lot of girls that could actually wrestle. So we were booked a lot.
2: Sure. And I'm sure the merch. Mo- the big <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure the merch money on the indie scene uh, was huge, especially for good looking, for an attractive woman who could wrestle. Do
0: you know what's funny? Matt uh, Jackson told me a story. Uh, he goes, I don't know. It was in Northern California somewhere. And I, was, I never did t shirts, I only did pictures. And he goes, I remember watching you just going, oh, man, like, look at the money she's making. And I think that's funny now because look at them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're the top merch sellers, in the, you know, in the world. But it, it was funny that he told me that story. He's like, I remember just going, God, I, I wish I had that. Like, that's what I want. And I likely only made like, you know, not that much, but still not compared to him what they make now.
2: Sure. Um, it seems like in TNA, they, they used you more, if you, if you look at the whole package, they, they used you more as like a manager or a valet than mm-hmm. they did as a, a wrestler. Was that by choice, or were you frustrated that you didn't get to wrestle more in TNA? No,
0: I loved it. Oh. Because, again, looking back, I loved Elizabeth. And That's I right. And I always thought, yes, of course, Gail and I fought. Gail and I were the first knockout match in Orlando. And I, we fought to wrestle. But I, especially looking back now, I loved managing. I loved it because it gave a, a second layer to the story. It gave, you know, it gave another storyline. It, it, You always had your role and you always had your spot. And managing's hard. I don't care what anybody says. You have to know when to be down and know when it's your time to shine. And I loved it because you learn your, your front row to, like I was Bobby Roode's manager forever, and your front row to watching – the timing and the this and the and the that and it was great, Frankie. Like I mean, I I got to sit and watch them, you know. And if something happens, you have to call things on the fly or something goes wrong or whatever. I, I got the best seat in the house. Yes, I did love to wrestle. My strong suit was not wrestling, and I know that. I am not Charlotte Flair. <laughs> I am not Trish Stratus. But I was a very good manager, and I had my spots to shine, and I loved it. And I'm injury free. <laughs> Thirteen exactly. years in the
2: business. You, you, I'm you very seem, happy. You seem to relish that. No concussions or anything, huh?
0: I had a couple, but I mean, no. I mean, you know, I have hit pain, but I also think that you know, life. I think I don't think anyone that gets older doesn't have any pain. But I mean, I have. I was never injured. I didn't break anything. I never, you know. I think I was very smart, especially wrestling on the indies. I was very smart, but no, I, I really enjoyed my time as a manager. Plus, I got paid to stand there and do nothing sometimes. Why wouldn't I like that?
2: Hey, that was my gig.
0: Yes. <laughs> but my whole thing with Karen, like I literally stood there and let her yell at me and I got paid. It was great. Hey, every- I did. And I, and then I appreciated my wrestling time. I appreciated being in those big matches and I appreciated when I finally got to wrestle.
2: Sure. Absolutely. Um, everybody that has worked with dusty Rhodes pretty much has a story to tell. Uh, we had Lance Sarcher on last, last week and, uh, he, uh, and, and almost everybody, Tyrus. And I mean, we've had, uh, you know, we've done this 150 plus weeks and, um, uh, we, you know, everybody that's worked with Dusty has a story. I know that you work with Dusty as um, his, mm-hmm. you know, quote-unquote personal assistant as a storyline. Talk <laughs> to me about working with Dusty Rhodes both as a storyline and, and him as a creative person.
0: Hi, Awesome. If I cry, I apologize. Dusty had a big impact in my career. Uh, just to learn from him. First of all, the storyline was hilarious because it was me and Trinity fighting over him. And he'd make fun of it all the time. He's like, I love my job, (laughs) you know, because I got two young girls. And so it was a big joke, but he always, always, always made sure that I had speaking. I had a speaking line, like always, I always had a speaking part. And he always made sure I was on every show at the time. I was literally making $200 a show at TNA. (laughs) That was it. And he didn't know that, and I never talked to him about that. He came to me and he goes, This is bullshit. I can't do a dusty impression. So, I can't either. Goes, I finally <laughs> found someone
2: else who can't do a dusty impression.
0: I can't. I'm so I, relieved. I can't do any impersonation. Yeah, I cannot do any. I can't either. Um, but he, he said, He goes, This is bullshit. He goes, No one needs to be making this much money. I went to the office and got your raise. Wow. I didn't ask him. I didn't tell him. I was just very grateful to be there and to be in the truck with him. Um, like it, it was just, I always had a speaking part. I always was on every week because of him. So to him, that was a huge thing to me. Like the fact that he went out of his way, he had no, he didn't have to do that. Why would he care that some girls only making this much money, but he went out of his way and did that for me. And to me, it just, he's a class act like, and just to learn from him. And we just, we had so much fun, so much fun. When the cameras were off, we, we had so much fun. And I learned so much,
2: you know, and and everybody that's worked with Dusty from Terry Funk, like I said, to Tyrus and everybody in between has a dusty story of how they affected their career. Even me, you Mm -hmm. know, at one point he was sort of grooming me to be a play by play guy. And a lot of people don't know this, but I did play by play for. European Nitro, which was one week delay. So oh. with uh, with Larry Zbysko for a while, and uh, Larry totally carried me. I was horrible, and um, and <laughs> I, had to, I I used a different name because I had to pitch to myself in the ring, but. um Oh. But but yeah but Dusty it's the same thing like you know I'm just a ring announcer and you know mm-hmm. you know happy doing what I'm doing and Dusty you know comes up to me and says hey you know Tony Schiavone's uh, it's ironic Tony Schiavone's not going to be around in 20 years <laughs> 20 years later <laughs> oh my god 20 years later he's the co lead announcer on the second uh, biggest uh, uh, wrestling promotion. So how funny is that? I didn't even think about that until I just said it out loud. But his point his point was is that we're going to need young talent, and I think that you would be good, and I'd like to help you. And uh, unfortunately, you know, he stopped working there, and then the company ceased to exist, so that never really went anywhere but um just the point you know and the point that he would go to bat for 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 you and for everybody else he's mm-hmm. just made such a impression on people's lives i at any time that i that i interview somebody who's had any interaction with dusty i always ask the question and always get like I, the most, I haven't had one, not even like, Oh, it was cool. I mean, it's always from the yeah. bottom. Like, I, like, I hope I don't cry talking about it. I mean, it's, it's always the most, yeah. the most emotional part of the interview. So, and it's just amazing what he's done, what, what impression he's had on people's lives and, you know, imagine the fans, but, uh, but also the talent. Well, hey, normally- well, yeah, and I, I Go ahead. I mean,
0: Cody obviously is a great friend of Frankie. They have cigar business together. Sure. American rebel cigars. And, um, I've never told Cody that because I think, I don't know if Cody gets kind of like tired of hearing stories or, you know, like he honestly, uh, his dad was amazing to me. And when I got fired for the second time at DNA, um, Christian uh, asked me, Jay Reso is a good friend of ours, said, you know, are you good friends with Dusty? Are you close with Dusty? Because he was at NXT the t- at the time. he's like, why don't you call Dusty and ask him? And I never did because I was so scared. And I don't know. I never did. I actually went back to TNA, but I never, well, I guess that was the first time I got fired. So I never, yeah, I never did call Dusty. So I guess I'll never, I, I don't know. I didn't take that chance. That's something I do regret.
2: I'll tell it you it turned what, out in the end. So. I'll tell you what, I don't know. Uh, I don't know Cody that well. I, I know Dustin, obviously, but, um, if I was a betting man, I'd, I'd I'd uh think that Cody would love to sit down over a uh, American Rebel cigar and a and a and a, and a cocktail <laughs> and 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 hear your uh, hear your 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 memories of his dad. I was at Dusty's. Yeah, I just at-
0: yeah, I just one day. I think I yeah. think it's also 2 timing. We when we see each other, it's one of those everyone's crazy doing stuff. But sure. yeah. One day
2: over at nice American rebel cigar.com. Go buy them. There you go. Uh, yeah, I was at his funeral and Cody gave an amazing speech and I looked at my wife and I said, WWE is wasting one hell of a talent there. And, uh-huh. and look what, look what he's become. One of the most, uh, popular wrestlers in mm-hmm. the business, if not the most, it's a, it's amazing. Um, yeah. And, and I, I was able to glean that from a eulogy at the worst time of the kid's yes. life for God's yeah. sakes. But, um, But I'm sure he'd love to hear the stories. Even
0: their match at Double or Nothing, Dustin and Cody. Like I was in tears in the crowd. You know, it's Dusty or Dustin just pointed up, you know, up to heaven, and I was like, oof, that got me.
2: Well, I've said I've said this before. I've said this before. My my favorite. Everybody talks about hard times. The Dusty promo. My favorite Dusty promo is when. he he uh, he came to uh, Dustin's aid against uh, uh, Colonel Parker mm-hmm. and Arn Anderson. And he says, all I need is, you know, I don't need a uh, contract. All I need is a hug and a kiss to seal the deal, baby. And uh, and they hugged. And, um, and 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 when they did sort of a takeoff on that at the end of the, mm-hmm. the match, uh, which I thought was going to be not good, because most times. Uh, when tag long time mm-hmm. tag team partners or brothers like the Steiner brothers or the rock and roll express most time when, when they like build to a big match, they it, it, it's never good because people don't want to see them mm-hmm. fighting. So I was, you know, I was assuming the match wasn't going to be good. And it was probably the one, if not the best match I've seen in the last 10 years, one of the best matches I've seen in the last it was 10 great. years. I ate crow. The the, I ate crow the next week yeah. on uh on the podcast. I'm not, I'm not afraid to eat crow if I was wrong, but, um, but yeah, I love the part at the end, you know, the, uh, the takeoff on the hug and the kiss to seal the deal, baby. I didn't know you were at that show. Um,
0: Yeah, I usually go, I stay away usually. I like to keep my distance. But um, when Ring of Honor was in Vegas, I I went, because it's just a drive. And then, obviously, the AEW, um, Double or Nothing, I went.
2: Were you on the cruise? No.
0: (laughs) Good Lord, no. I always say that sounds awful, but... (laughs)
2: I don't know. I, I met my it. wife working on a cruise ship. Did you? Yeah, she was a bartender. I was, mine, uh, I was a DJ.
0: The TNA cruise we had to go on the one time, it was on, uh, I don't know when it was on. It was not good. <laughs> it was, we had a lot of fun. The people on it made it fun, but it was, um, the boat wasn't uh, the best. Yeah. Um, I think we were in the engine room. That's where we all had to <laughs> sleep, I think. Like, it was not good. <laughs> so every time I hear Cruz, Frankie's like, he always, they always got, you know, Frankie always, are you going to come? Are you going to come? I'm like, nope, I'm good, thanks. And then every time he comes back, he's like, oh, my God, the fans were so nice and so respectful. They left you alone, or they, you know, they just offered to buy you drinks, or, you know, like, he always has a great time on the cruise. I might go next year.
2: Oh, you need to I go next know. year, because I might be seeing you I there. I doubt it. I might be seeing you there, though. <laughs> well, you, you can. I give, always
0: like Gail, Gail. will say, "I always say, like, oh, it'd be so great to get to get like to do a convention. Just I would do a convention if it would be with the girls, like Gail and ODB and Christy, and but then I'm like, oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> I don't know why.
2: Yeah, I'm sure you have the opportunity. I'm sure the oppor- It's not that the opportunity was there. I was going to ask you about why you don't do them, but you seem like uh, you're no. Just ha- I
0: don't get asked.
2: Oh, I'm sure because that I is- think
0: people know. I'm 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 far away from it. I'm Frankie's wife now and a mom, and I'm fine with that. I am so happy and confident in life, being where I am, that when I get back into wrestling, I turn into a different person, and I don't like it. Uh-huh. Like, uh, I don't know, bad issues come back, like insecure and, oh, I'm not going to look good, or people are, what if they don't remember me, or what if they do remember me and think I look weird, or... And it just, it's kind of a, I need to distance myself.
2: Sure. You, you, you know, you have control over what you do as a mom and a, and a wife. And and a lot of times you don't have control over the feelings of insecurities that people have. Uh, yes. And when they're in the public eye, I totally get that. And uh, it makes a lot of well, sense. And I appreciate you laying that out there on the podcast. Cause a lot of people don't talk about things like that.
0: The funny story is, is I horribly insecure and, body dysmorphia when i was a wrestler never thought i was pretty enough i just never thought i was talented enough i think a a lot of people feel that way um when i became pregnant i had so much self-confidence i loved the way i looked i was so happy and becoming a mom the same thing i know i got this
3: wow
0: i'm very confident when i go back we went to double or nothing and i'm like okay i'll get my nails done and you know, I'll wear fake eyelashes. And, you know, so I'm in line with my son, getting him a hot dog. And there's a couple guys behind me and I could hear them saying, Is that Tracy Brooks, like, and they're trying to Tracy. So I finally turn around and like, Oh my God. Yay. And you know, it was very flattering. And then he says, because oh, you look great. You just a little, and his hands start going wider and wider and wider. Oh, jeez. Like, meaning I've got, which I have. I'm not a wrestler anymore. I'm not wearing bathing suits or spandex. I'm 45. I had a kid. I, I hate the gym anyways, but I had to do it for my job. So, yes, I have gained it, but it was just funny to me. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it was just, oh, you look really good. Your face looks great. But, you know, you've gotten a little – I'm like, okay, your hands can stop being wide that wide. Not that <laughs>
2: Jeez, I don't mean like, to like, laugh, but that, that, that's uh, – some... It is
0: uh, funny. It's not you really. You have to laugh at it.
2: It's, it's actually yes, it rude. Is. You but... have to laugh. If he you said, know what?
0: You have to laugh at it. If Mickey that, James, Angel, all those girls that had kids and went back to wrestling. Oh my God, they look incredible. They look amazing. I chose not to go back to wrestling. I chose just that was my choice, and that's their choice, and it's incredible. It's, it's great. I just I, I love being at home. I love volunteering at my son's school. So yes, I can eat ice cream and I can eat donuts and I can not go to the gym if I don't want to. I'm healthy. But I'm not in wrestler shape. And it's funny because I'm fine with that until I get around wrestling.
2: I totally get it. I totally get it. Uh, which is interesting segue to the next question. And I'm going to wrap it up because I know that your time is valuable and I appreciate it. Uh, and I wouldn't have asked you, I wouldn't even thought about asking this, but you kind of brag about it on your Twitter description. So I figured it's fair game. Um, and for somebody who had those insecurities, how how was doing the Playboy photo shoot? Oh my God, Playboy. Incredible.
0: It's a funny story. A lot of things I've done in my career is because someone has turned them down. When I went to Iraq, someone turned it down. So I was second choice. but I got two Iraq trips out of it, which were the most amazing experiences of my life. Gail Kim, I think, we used to do signings for a gentleman. He used to get up, before everyone did wrestling or conventions, it was Gail, Christy, and I. So he had gotten Playboy because WWE wasn't doing it anymore. I think it was supposed to go to Gail. I could be wrong. Gail went back to WWE, so she couldn't do it. So he recommended me. So I was like, holy I used to look at Playboy when I was a little girl, like, whoa, like I wanted to grow up to look like them. Like they were gorgeous. So nerve wracking, dieted hardcore, everything was fine. Um, there was issues with TNA. Uh, I, Cause I brought that to TNA, yeah, I which is kind of a huge deal. Kind of. And I, I got paid more money than I could ever imagine for doing this. Um, so uh, first class flights, like, Five star hotels, everything, three day shoot. Arnie Freitag, who was one of the head photographers, and at the time that show, um, the girls next door was on.
3: Right.
0: And he was the main photographer. So, like, pretty famous, pretty popular guy. He shot me. It was incredible. So, I get a phone call a few months later saying, um, I was never promised the cover. I was never to do the cover, ever. Um, I was just to be the celebrity pictorial. So, I was never to do the cover. Well, they called me and said, Sarah Fawcett had died earlier. We are going to put her in the magazine. And I'm like, of course, first thing I was like, oh, I'm too ugly. I'm not pretty enough. But then I'm, Frankie's like, um, Sarah Fawcett was like a two-time centerfold for them. Like uh, yeah. once when she was 50. And I hadn't been on TNA for months. So who are you going to put in the centerfold? They're a celebrity pictorial. Tracy Brooks, TNA knockout, who hasn't been on TV for months. And I think we were on Spike. Or Farrah Fawcett. They ended up putting me in... God, oh, my God, I can't remember what it's called. Um, Cyber Club or Cyber... Or Cyber Internet. I ended up getting more pictures. So when I went to these conventions, I ended up being able to print more out to make more money. There you go. So they ended up all working out, but TNA... People in TNA thought I had lied about doing the magazine just so I could get back on TV. And what? The, yes, Certain people in the office, because I said, I told, I think I was telling, I don't know, whoever, like, Playboy wants to do something. It was at the pay-per-view in Irvine, California, because they're in California. Playboy wanted to come and do something backstage with me. Wasn't even on the pay-per-view. And that was the month that it came out. Um, And then I ended up being the most downloaded girl of the year. Wow. So, and then again, TNA never did anything about it. A little fresh. And, and then I found out that some people in the office thought I made up the whole magazine, that I was never going to be in the magazine. I just said that to get back on TV. But I'm thinking people in the office have the contract and it says to be celebrity pictorial, all this. So people thought I had lied to make it up, to get back on. It was a nightmare. That's when I went with Memphis, the main event mafia. For right. heartbeat. It was, it was a great experience for me I I made a boatload of money and I still make money off selling pictures from Playboy, but the whole TNA thing got all, that was a problem with TNA. There was no person leader. There was no leader. There was no one to go to for a final decision. That was TNA's biggest problem. There was no, Hey, you need to go to this person. Like you need to go to Vince McMahon. (laughs) There was nobody. And it ended up not being, successful and i i brought it to tna hoping it would help and then it just kind of wasn't it, the part with tna wasn't a good part but the part was playboy was amazing for me even though i was insecure and all that i still had like the top makeup hair and, and top lighting and top photographers it was an incredible experience yes and now that i you know i'm a little wider i can look back and say oh i actually look good <laughs>
2: I'm sure I'm sure you look great. Um but uh but yeah uh not ta- not to talk crap about TNA but yeah it was things like that that make you shake your head and it's amazing that they've had as I say like 17 lives. They have more more lives than three cats. But uh, uh And I'm,
0: I I'm assuming it's better. I unfortunately haven't been able to watch it but it's like I'll give you one other example. When I was to be Miss Brooks with Robert Rude. Right. Dutch wanted me one way and Vince Russo wanted me another way. Vince wanted me to hide it all until it was time to take it off. Dutch wanted me to show everything and kind of be like Stacy Keebler, step over the rope and be that sexy, like she was in WCW kind of thing. Well, I'm five, four and very short, dumped legs. Stacy is what? Nine feet tall with 10 feet legs. So her stepping over the rope looked a lot different than me stepping over the rope. And it wasn't who I was. So Dutch wanted me this way. Vince wanted me this way. And I had no one, like, who did I listen to? I, you know, they were both my bosses and I had to respect them. But who did I, like, how do I pick? Who do I go to?
3: Yeah.
0: There was no one to go. What do I do? It was just, I ended up going Dutch's way, which likely made Vince mad, but I didn't know what to do. So I just ended up wearing what I wanted to wear, kind of. So it was one of those, like, I needed someone to say, no, you need to do this. And that was it. I needed someone to say the final thing. And
2: wouldn't there that, was no one like wouldn't that. Wouldn't that have been Dixie? Yeah, but
0: I never, it wasn't in stone, said <laughs> in stone that it was Dixie. I don't know. I don't think she liked that storyline very much because it was Robert basically abusing, verbally abusing me all the time. Right but i didn't i didn't feel it was dixie i felt like it was you know dutch or vince was supposed to be the one telling me but they were both complete opposite so i never knew what to do so i kind of made it my own yeah so, it, but that's what I, I wish i don't know i i didn't feel like there was someone i could go to and say what do i do
2: like i said it's amazing that they're still in business you know you look back and ww wcw uh didn't get one second chance and uh and 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 TNA Impact yeah. Wrestling got probably uh, 20 second chances. But God bless them. I'm not – I don't uh, – you know, that's great yeah. for and them. And I hope
0: they last forever.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, because, yeah. I know Scott DeMore is a good friend of yours and a great friend of mine. Yeah. And, and, and and Ed Nordholm is probably I, – I know that you probably – uh, I don't know that you've never met him, but I know you never worked for him, but Ed Nordholm yeah. who's uh, in charge is probably the most approachable. And I've He's been on this podcast okay. twice. He's probably the most approachable. And I've talked to him about this uh, uh, head of a wrestling company that I've ever seen. And that includes nothing against Dixie B- Eric when he was in mm-hmm. charge of WCW Russo, even Jeff Jarrett. And Jeff was pretty approachable when he was with TNA. Um, but uh, I thought, but um Ed is, is is one of the most So I think that they'll be fine. They know their little place and they know their little niche, mm-hmm. and they and they're happy with it. And I think they're doing well. So uh, I, I'm glad. And they've the-
0: always had talent. Yep. they've always had talent. Like their talent roster has always been great. No, and i agree I think it, I I don't know. And I'm not. We're not going back. I'm not saying anything. Dixie was always very positive, and she was she was there. But I just didn't feel like she had the final say. Unfortunately.
2: Yeah. Well, the whole she, play, the whole I will Playboy say one thing
0: about Scott DeAmar.
2: Please. That? The whole the whole Playboy things like seems like a total clusterfuck if if I could be honest.
0: It was. And then you always heard so and so said this in the office and this is what they believe and this is what and I'm just like I I regret never standing up for myself. Like I think because I think I did say um, you know, Playboy's advertising this. Am I going to go be am I going to be back on TV? Because they want to know or like, you know, they, they want, you know, how are they going to advertise me? I'm not on TV, which maybe you should put me on TV kind of thing. If I'm going to advertise Playboy for you, maybe I should be on TV. Yeah. Not. I yep. was never, I was never mean or pushy or, but that's when every, that's when certain people in the office were like, Oh, she's, she's made up this whole magazine thing. She, she never was to be in the magazine. She was just to be on the cyber thing. And just to get back on TV. And it's like, even if it was just to be on the cyber thing, there's over a million downloads.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, you were the most downloaded uh, on cyber. So even if, even if everything, assuming that, you lied, which I I believe that you didn't, and and you have a con, you yeah. have a contract, but but even if I you contract. lied and 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 you told them you're going to be in the magazine, but uh, you only ended up on the internet. Which, quite frankly, at this point, the internet is way more uh, is way more yeah. popular than the than a magazine. So uh, I don't I don't remember back in in that time uh, where we were at in uh, in in that type of thing. But I would think even back then that the internet was a much stronger. Uh, uh, it
0: was. Coming on to yeah. the subscriptions had gone down for all paper and newspapers, I think, it yeah, yeah. was going down, but it wasn't as bad as it is today.
2: Yeah. So so I mean, you know, yeah. Even if if everything they accused you of was true, so put the girl on T V and get and yeah. get and, and get some and, and get the publicity. I mean they, they 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 had so many Survivor people that nobody ever heard of, for the love of God, try to get publicity. <laughs> but, Did I say that out loud? But, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. Well, the same thing was, uh, it was that pay-per-view in Irvine, California. I wasn't booked on it. And they wanted to do a Playboy. like, well, the makeup girl who had been on The Girls Next Door and Ernie Freitag, who's on The girl And they were making huge numbers that show. Right. They're like, we'll come to Irvine and we'll do something. Like, they wanted to be on the show. And I wasn't even brought. And then I was told when I had to do media. So I had to do media. I remember sitting in Tampa. And we lived there at the time. And they, they told me to lie and say I was in Irvine, California. like, okay. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you have just brought me in? <laughs> so I, it was things like that that they, again, I, I'm sure I wasn't important. I'm sure it was, it was just little things like that. Even um, I did this Sunshine Girl in Toronto, sun, which is a pretty big deal in, in Canada. And I remember I, I got it on my own, and I wore the TNA knockout shirt to give him publicity. Like, things like that we would, the girls would do on their own to wow. try to get, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I think I cared too much, and then sometimes I think I didn't speak up enough to, or stand my ground. Or, but, oh, well, it all worked out in the end.
2: Somebody once uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get Booker T on this podcast at some point, but he's so busy, but so, and he has his own, but somebody wants to ask Booker T what the difference between that working for WWE was and where, and I don't want to mean to have a shit on TNA session. Uh, I, I had some, I actually had some of the funnest, uh, uh, time, mm-hmm. you know, years in the wrestling business, uh, Cause I didn't have a stake in the game as far as, you know, I had another job and I didn't need the money yeah. to pay my mortgage. The money was pretty darn good. It was a drive to Orlando. I got to hang and, yeah. you know, listen to Mike Tanay and Don West and Kevin Nash tell stories. Oh, so, so, so I mean, I'm not, I'm not shitting on the company, but somebody once asked Booker what the difference between TNA and WWE was. And he said in TNA, when they ask you to do an appearance, they call you and tell you where to go and where to, when to be there. And yeah. you go there on your own. And in WWE, when they ask you to make an appearance, they send a uh, town car, if not a limousine. They mm-hmm. have a PR person with you, they, and and it's all totally organized so that you just go and you do what you have to do, and uh, and and the the PR person takes care mm-hmm. of it. And that that that's really the truth, quite frankly. And it's kind of a shame because, mm-hmm. like you said, there was so much talent there uh, that it's it's oh. kind of kind of a shame that they didn't have the infrastructure to be able to grow. As, as, as the company did as far as that kind of stuff and it's, it's
0: growing pain but you can't say it now after 17 years back then it was legit growing pain yeah. but it was so much talent like the talent was unreal and, and, and I don't ever take anything away from Dixie she was nothing but she was always there and she was such a sweetheart she's still it's been so nice And but it's Scott Demore. I, I will say this and every, every female wrestler needs Scott Demore in their life Scott DeMar has done more for me and Gail than anyone will ever know. He gives it to you straight, whether you want to hear it or not, but he, he's the best thing for women's wrestling, him and Tommy dreamer. I always say that the best thing for women's wrestling. And I, people that know Scott might be like, Oh, what? (laughs) But he is more supportive and has held our hand or kicked our ass when we needed it more than anyone I know. And, and and it's because of Scott, gail and i i think well gail's talent but because we got where we are and i i have to say that it was scott so i i hope tna does continues to do well because of him um but again i don't want to ever talk bad about tna tna was a great company it's just there was frustrating things about it and it could have been growing pains um not enough money um but it was the best time of my life it, you know like you said like I, you sit there, and there's Mike tonight you could listen to it for hours, or the the girls are watching AJ wrestle up front, or Daniel. Frankie. Sure. Like it was the best talent. It's just unfortunate for little things, like like Booker said. You know, there's no one. There's no one to help you out of a situation. If there is a bad media situation, the talent looks like the asshole they're trying to get out, where there should be a PR person there taking the blame for it. Yeah, I mean. Instead, the talent left to dry. Let's I-
2: I mean, even AEW, when I had um, when I have had Christopher Daniels on, we've had uh, 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 Sean Spears on. And it's always booked through uh, the PR people and the PR people mm-hmm. are always on the phone through the whole interview. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, if they, if I go over the time that they agreed to, they'll, they'll step in and, uh, you know, and, and, and so it doesn't make the talent look like uh, like they're assholes. It, it, it puts the, the, the heat on the PR people, which is what they're there for, quite frankly. Yeah. But, yeah, but And I
0: can't speak highly enough of AEW. The way they treat their, fam- their, their talent and their families, it's been off.
2: I was going to ask you about I've that. I've never
0: in my life witnessed it. I've never in my life witnessed anything like the, the family situation. TNA, what the family, the talent, definitely. But AEW is just a different level. It's, um, it has renewed my love of wrestling um, from an ex-wrestler, but also from a wife of a wrestler. It is amazing how they treat their talent. And I, honest to God, our son, example, our son had to have eye surgery, um, put out eye surgery, and it was on a Wednesday. So um, Matt Jackson's wife, Dana, or Mrs. Matt, is uh, one of my best friends. So I called her, and we always say, oh, wrestler's life curse, guess what? Um, you know, Rebel has to have surgery on Wednesday. Five minutes. Frankie texted me from the air. I have rebel surgery off. Oh, wow. They gave it to him off. Did Frankie never asked? I never asked. It was just Dana told Matt, Matt got on the phone with Tony and Nick and that was it. He was off.
3: Wow.
0: It was just, it it was, and it was like, there's months of storyline and now he's just off. But, and the same thing, our, um, our princess, our kitty cat had to be put down.
2: And it was a big part of our lives. Sorry about that.
0: Yes, thank you. It was still kind of hard to talk about. But they sent us this beautiful um, seed of life thing from um, replanted in their honor. Just things like that. Like some people would say it was a cat, get over it. But just the little things like that. It's, It's an incredible, as a wife, it's unbelievable knowing that we are taken care of.
2: Yeah. I saw I saw an interview this past week with uh, 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 Justin Roberts and they asked him he's been he was the first guest we ever had on this podcast. And I've talked to him a lot about his experiences with WWE because as 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 hard as it was doing the WCW thing at times. Uh, like I had an earpiece always, and they talked to me from the truck, and 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 I guess in WWE, they just throw the ring announcer out there without an earpiece, and 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 they leave him oh. flying blind. They don't go to the production meetings or anything, and it always blew my mind. They asked him what the difference was, and, and he was like it was between WWE and, and AEW now. He said it was night and day, and he made an interesting comment. He said, the atmosphere is that you work here on Wednesdays, so – you you w- come here, work hard on Wednesdays, and then go do your life. Go make money. Yeah. Go do another project. Go go on vacation. Do whatever you do. Enjoy your li- your week, and we'll see you here next Wednesday. And yeah. it, just the way it came out was like sounds really refreshing, uh, you know. Especially it is,
0: but they care and they're giving wrestling back. Like, and when people are fighting about this, why? God, social media. Ugh. <laughs> the negativity oh. people like I look, I said to Frankie, people are forgetting how people are making money. The world is in a good place right now and jobs are scarce and people are, and not just the wrestlers, cameramen, production, construction, the people that are working at the venues selling con, con, um, concessions are making, cause they're working an the extra day. Now everybody has a job. Everyone's getting a job. Yeah, like yeah. there. Why are we fighting about who to watch? Watch both. Yeah. Don't watch. Watch one. Who gives a shit?
2: Oh, I've, <laughs> I've I've had like, that. I've Tracy. I've had that rant on this podcast. We actually had Glenn Gilberti on a couple of weeks ago, and we we talked in depth about the craziness of Twitter and political correctness. Stop. And and I, and my thing is always like, if if you don't like you said, if you don't like it, don't watch it. Nobody's holding a gun to your head. Uh, and, and there's no reason but to, I don't, there's no reason yeah. to root against well, it.
0: That's what I don't like if you don't like it, don't watch it. Exactly. I I we watch I always watch Mania and the Rumble. I haven't watched a lot of WWE lately, but I have been watching every week I've been watching AEW. I've been excited again because competition makes the world go round. Because those wrestlers on WWE are gonna work five times harder now. And, and the guys at AEW are working five times harder. Like, And it's great because now it, people are making more money. Fans are the ones that are winning. Like, I, I <laughs> boggle my mind how people are so negative. Yeah, it and takes it, more energy to be negative than it does positive. Being positive,
2: it's not everybody's cup of tea. I get it. It's not a G- Jim Cornette's favorite wrestling promotion. I get it, and I understand why he says that. But you know what he 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 could watch it or he could turn it off. And I think he actually watches it because he has a podcast and people subscribe mm-hmm. to it and they want him to talk about uh, you know positive or negative what he thinks about it. So right but, there,
0: making money because he has a like right there, yep. like and people want to hear what Jim Cornette has to say. So they're tuning into his podcast now. Yep. Everybody it it's 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 so good for everything. Everybody. Not just the wrestlers. It's so good for everybody. And no. every wrestling company. More wrestling companies the better. Hell there wasn't that many around when I was starting. Independence no. and and overseas stuff and it's I don't I just do not understand negativity
2: yeah. i guess i mean you have, you have <laughs> you're you not
0: new, gonna like everything
2: you have wwe you got new japan you got triple a you got uh aw you got mlw you got uh tna impact uh, mm-hmm. uh ring of honor i mean there's so many quote unquote national or international promotions these days which gives uh is more competition mm-hmm. which makes for better uh product and is more uh is is is, is uh you know more money to like everybody involved, like you said. So I and the, even the girls. There's yeah. so many promotions for the girls to work now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean that. Uh, I, I think that uh, they've had more f- girls uh, headlining pay per views at WWE this past uh-huh. year than men. If I if I off the top of my head, it's so funny though. Me and you both hate the gym. Both, both can't mm-hmm. do. It. Both are the only two who can't do a Dusty impression, and both, <laughs> all, both, what, what, no matter what, always only watch if it's only two shows: the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. How ironic yes. is that? I said the other Sunday, I what? said, I said to my wife, I said, uh, I said, you're probably gonna want go to go into the other room to watch TV, and I said, why? And she said, why? Well, because I can only get the Royal Rumble on that TV, and, uh, and, and. I said, you know the only two shows that I watch, and she's like, oh, is it the Royal Rumble? And I'm like, yeah, it's a Royal Rumble. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I, I love the Royal Rumble. I I, I didn't get a chance to I talk about it. 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 You didn't see it this year? I
0: love it. Yes, I did. And I mean, oh, I, I, I Beth, Beth Phoenix, who is a, I love to death. she is the all-time, I always say, <laughs> if someone doesn't like Beth Phoenix, there's something severely wrong with that person. Like, Beth Phoenix is the ultimate sweetheart, positive, role model, amazing mother and wife, just all around good person. And I was so happy for her. she, she And she's showing her little girls at home, you can do it all. You can sure. announce, you can have a job, you can have a career, you can be a mom. And so is Angel, so is Mickey. Everyone with a kid is doing that. Lacey, I don't know Lacey Evans, but it is incredible that, um, but yeah, watching the Rumble going back, I watching Beth, it was, it was great. Because I know that's one of her favorite pay-per-views too. Her getting busted open wasn't the best, but
2: <laughs> yeah, I was surprised Everything they let. Was I good. was surprised they let her stay in that long because usually they shut that that stuff down these days. Uh, she's
0: amazing. She's just. She's just. I think any other girl would have walked, left the ring, but she's incredible.
2: Yeah. So hey, as we wrap things up, uh, uh, how are you feeling about the Blue Jays this year? I know last year was a frustrating year. Oh my year.
0: god! I am so excited. This is going to be. This is the start to their dynasty, hands down. Well this is the start.
2: I could tell, tell you as a I can you as a Rays fan you got a great manager. Charlie Montoyo is a great manager and a great motivator I, so and I uh, love
0: him and the young guys but young now guy. we're getting pitchers and Schumacher is going to be healthy I hope. I think this is going to be the start of it. Yeah. Not saying even playoff contention this year, but next year for sure and the year after everybody stays healthy, which I hope. Uh, Vladdy, I think, lost a bunch of weight, so I think if he can, I always thought he'd be a great first baseman in DH. I don't know, but he's great on third. He just, I think, he lost a bunch of weight too now. So, but I'm super excited. I think this is definitely going to be the start of it.
2: Yeah, you know, the start of their
0: next dynasty.
2: The beginning of the beginning of of uh, of last year. You know, the team obviously wasn't very good. Um, And and, and they came out, you know, to where they couldn't. uh, They they put themselves in a hole record-wise. But uh, when the Rays were in the, the playoff hunt, and they would say, oh, you know, these are the teams that they're playing that are over 500. Mm-hmm. These are the teams that are under 500. And the Blue Jays would be under 500. The last, I'd say, third of the season, the Blue Jays, they might have been under 500, but they were a formidable team with all the young guys stepping up yeah. and having the opportunity. So I, I saw I never saw them as an easy win as a Rays fan. At the end, I saw yep. them as as a as a legit team. So uh, it's going to be interesting for the division this year because um, there's at least four. I don't know about the Orioles, but there's at least four competitive teams in that American League East. Which I hate that division, but that's a whole other story.
0: I the thing is, they're in such a tough division, the yep. Jays. Like, come on, and it's it, and unfortunately, like, even the general manager is like, we're not going to. You know, he's happy not making the playoffs. I think he's just happy filling the seat. So, but I think with this move they've made and the young talent they have, it's undeniable. I really, 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 really think this is the start for them.
2: They had a hell of and a,
0: everybody healthy. They,
2: have a hell, they had a hell of an end of the season last year, a hell of a couple last three or four months. So, uh, I but say, they're
0: exciting.
2: Yeah. I say as a race fan, good luck and, uh, made the best team win. Hey, last question you for too. you. Last question for you. You've been very generous with your time and, and your thoughts. Uh, And it's been great having you on Uh, any chance that there might be a second generation wrestler named rebel coming up in the, uh, in the works (laughs) here. Or what what are your thoughts about that?
0: Rebel hated wrestling, (laughs) never watched it. His dad, like when we went to ring of honor in Vegas, his dad would come out and be like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) He fell asleep all the time. He fell asleep. Didn't watch him on TV oh, God. isn't Thomas on or something? Like, just did not. <laughs> now he's into superheroes, massively into superheroes, Avengers mostly. So now he sees Frankie wrestling. He's like, that, he just did Spider-Man's move. <laughs> so now he's showing Frankie moves to do in the ring, and now he is doing cross bodies off of our bed and loose as presses. And so now he's started. He watches AEW, but he only watches Watches Frankie and Uncle C D and Uncle Sky. Very upset they lost the title. Very <laughs> upset. Oh, jeez. But I, I don't Poor know. Poor kid. I, it's a superhero training he likes. But he has told Frankie some moves to do. And obviously, he's like, why is Daddy wearing my name? Like He <laughs> he gets kind of funny. And I've showed him video of me and Gale, Auntie Gale wrestling. And he's like, oh, he used to wrestle too. Like he just, he's not impressed. He doesn't <laughs> care. <laughs> he was in, he likes the ring. He was in there. Who's he in the ring with? And he likes to, he likes to bump and roll around and stuff, but he's in the ring with a bunch of people. And I'm thinking, God, kid, you don't even know who you're in the ring with. Like some kids would die to be in the ring right now with these guys. And, and, you know, he's, but it's, it's funny how he, he, his daddy wrestles and he, when he prays that night, he always says, thank you for making, or thank you for letting my daddy work so hard, which he knows when, you know, Frankie's gone all the time, that he is going to work to support us. This is why Rebel has toys and gets to do taekwondo and has a roof over his head because daddy works so hard. So he understands that. But as far as second-generation wrestler, well, will yeah. I,
2: I don't know <laughs> well time We're time, not sure. time will tell uh you know what yeah. you guys you, i am I'm, I'm not saying this to blow smoke uh, I'm, I'm from the bottom of my heart you and Frankie are both great people nice people class acts I'm Aww. so I'm so happy that you guys have uh you know, have a happy life and a happy family and a, and a healthy uh, young boy who likes superheroes and used to like Thomas the tank engine. That was my, my son's favorite Thomas, the tank engine. I didn't know Loved it was still, it. didn't know it was still around. Um, so, oh my so, God, yes. so, um, so he, that, that young boy is, is going to be uh, 23 this, uh, uh, this month. So, um, uh, uh, Oh my goodness. Don't as the song goes, don't blink. It, it, it happens. For no, me.
0: I are the seven already. And it's,
2: Wow. Yeah. So,
0: I honestly felt like I was in the ring the other day. So it's crazy to imagine that I've had now he's seven.
2: So anyway, so, good, good for you guys. Congratulations on your happiness and success. Not so much in the you. wrestling business, but in life, uh, you only live <laughs> once. You. And, um, and thank yeah. you for coming on the show. And, and, and if I go on the cruise next year, think about coming and, uh, and, and, and uh, yeah. uh, and, you know, or, or or you know, maybe uh, maybe I'll see you out on the road. I'd love to uh, to have a, a, a cocktail and and talk about uh, life after after wrestling because it's an interesting journey. But it's done you well, and uh, and and uh, you sound like you're enjoying every minute of it, and you should. So thank you very uh, much, thank Tracy. You so I, much. I appreciate it, and uh, best of luck to you and your family as always.
0: Thank you, Dave.
2: Wow, what a fun chat with Tracy. What a nice what a nice person. What a uh, uh, nice family that they sound like they have and and good for them because they deserve it. Frankie and, and her two two of the good ones, as we say. So uh Rebel Rebel got dealt a good hand. And uh so we want to thank her again and uh want to let you know that next week on this podcast where anybody who knows my story and I've told my story a little bit on this podcast and another podcast knows that if it wasn't for a guy named Bob Roop, uh, that I would not be in the wrestling business. There's a lot of people that are instrumental in my journey, but without Bob Roop and one phone call he made in WCW, uh, when he got there, uh, I would not have been able to live my dream. Uh, Bob's an interesting guy. And, um, Has a lot of interesting stories. Uh, uh, So we're going to be talking to Bob next week, and it should be a a blast. Uh, He's very famous for going uh, in the territorial system, for going, uh, trying to take other people's territories uh, along with other groups of people. Uh, So we'll talk to him about that and the heat he got from that. And uh, I know there's one story in particular he's writing a book about, but uh, we'll get a little preview of uh, in the 70s he wrestled in Iran. Uh, for uh, Saddam Hussein and uh, found himself in an interesting position in Iran when the crowd turned on him because he was American uh, so much so that uh, he he thought he wasn't going to get out of there alive so it should be an interesting conversation and I look forward to catching up with my old friend Bob Roop and uh want to thank you guys. I haven't even plugged my Twitter, at David Penzer, all one word, at Penzer Ringside. If you like what you hear, please spread the word. Tell your friends and neighbors. Subscribe, please, and leave a review if you can. Until next week, this is David Penzer, still sitting Ringside.
1: Follow David Penzer on Twitter, at David Penzer. Also make sure to follow the show on Twitter, at Penzer Ringside. You've been sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. This is a place for my head quick fix on Radio Influence. The cool thing was, and this is where I learned a lot about what we're doing now and how I've tried to approach everything else in my life since this, it turned into a joke with the nurses in ICU and and I don't say this as I was somebody important or somebody fam- I because I sure as shit was not important and I wasn't famous. I just happened to have a high profile job. People knew who I was. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. Well, somehow about a dozen of our listeners found out the hospital I was in mm. and we have no idea how, you know, it was never discussed on air for legal reasons, but listeners would call in to the ICU ward to check on me. Wow. Oh. And it wasn't like it was it was legit concern. Yeah. And and you know this from your radio background. Mm -hmm. You you don't think about the impact that you may have on people's lives because we look at it as a job. Yeah. You don't look at it as the fact of, you know, people get to know you without you knowing that they're getting to know you. Well, and and Steve and I always joked. He's like, you were 19 when you started. Mm -hmm. People watch you grow up. Mm -hmm. I never thought about it like that, but he's right. And and that's why I'm always so open and transparent now, because while all of this was going on, you know, I would give updates on on social media and then one by one, I'd have people reach out to me and go, I know it's different, but this is what I'm going through. Mm, Sort of like what we've been doing here. Bingo. A Place for My Head with Brandon Thompson and Jerry P. Tuck can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.